this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want to hear extra shows every week on Thursdays, we release a bonus show to members only on the website. So if you want to hear more of the confessionals go to the confessionalspodcast.com hit the join button and become a member today and if you want some emergency preparedness food because you never know when emergencies are going to happen and you need some extra food go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com preparewiththeconfessionals.com you can get emergency preparedness food there and we are offering a one month supply of food and we're knocking a hundred dollars off the price right off the bat so if that interests you go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com now i'll tell you I might need some emergency preparedness food right now because I'm recording this at 2.30 a.m. on Saturday because my wife just woke me up and told me her water broke and we got to wait for my parents to get to the house to watch my son. So here I am recording some introductions and outros for Tuesday's show. If you are hearing this on Tuesday, that means that my brother Jack came in on the clutch for us and he produced it because he's the producer of our other show, Hammer Lane Legends. So he knows how to do this now. I've been teaching him. He knows how to do this. So hopefully he does a good job. And if you have any gripes and complaints, go ahead and direct them to Jack this week, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hey, it's 2.30 in the morning, and I'm really happy because I'm having a baby girl. I'm really excited. So let's just get to the show. We have Curtis coming on the show, and Curtis titled an email to me saying, I think I saw death itself. I'm intrigued, right? And so in the actual email, he at least one time said to me, I could see what looked like jet black smoke rise up level to the side of my bed. It was calm, but slightly waving like ripples in the water. Listen, guys, if you don't like this, I don't know what you like. Let's get to Curtis right now. 
All right, today we got a great show coming up here. We have Curtis on the show. Curtis, how are you? Good, man. You? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, uh, Curtis, you have some interesting experiences that you'd like to share with us. Uh, and we're going to start off with this experience where, you know, I'm just going to call it a Grim Reaper type experience. Uh, I find it interesting. You're up in the British Columbia area and uh, you have this experience where this thing uh, appeared before you more than one time. And uh, after we talk about this, we're going to talk about another experience that you had uh, that you just laid on me before we started the recording uh, of about when you were a kid. And, um, you know, I'm not even going to try spoiling the story because I'm not sure where it's going to go. So I told you just to not tell me. I just want to talk to you about it on the show. So uh, let's get going right now with the Grim Reaper experience. How did this whole thing happen for you? Where were you and what was going on? Yeah, so uh, I was uh, up on the coast uh, doing some grizzly bear guiding conservation type work uh, on a small native reserve. And uh, we had some first aid training, actually, at the time that this happened. And uh, so a guy came uh, came running down to the lodge where uh, myself and uh, the first aid guy was at the time and said, we need some help. Uh, a guy had had a heart attack. So we went up there and we started doing CPR on this guy. And uh, uh, he didn't end up making it. But while we were in the process of it, I looked into his eyes. I don't know why. And I thought, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. But <clears throat> just a weird feeling. Um, anyway, so once once that was all done, I kind of went back to retire uh, at kind of a bunkhouse uh, style building they had up there. Kind of like a, a large house that had about 12 rooms in a single bed, dresser, TV, kind of your basic basic thing now climb too small like it's i think there's 150 people on this reserve you can only fly in or take the ferry to it super remote um and they have all sorts of stories about things like this but i was uh so i was trying to relax trying to unwind kind of trying to process everything <clears throat> pardon me <clears throat> it's about 11 o'clock <clears throat> and uh like <clears throat> i wasn't i wasn't like in shock about it but you know just thinking like holy shit like that really happened you know i was uh i was 21 22 at the time and uh so i figured oh, i'll try and get some sleep tv was on so i i got up and shut the light off and all i had to do was pretty much sit up out of bed and reach for the light. That's kind of how tight the room was. So I'm looking at my TV, my doors to the right. And I lay my head back down on the pillow. And no sooner that I did that, um, it seemed like the room started to darken. And it's the only way I can explain it is like, you know, when the lights dim at a theater, it's like, yeah. it was like that. It, like things just got even darker. And I thought, what? What's going on? And then I look to my right, and I'm laying on my bed. And I look to my right, and it seemed like the room started to fill with smoke on my right. And I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm like, what's going on here? And out of out of the smoke from my right, a figure started to appear, 
it started to rise up out of the smoke and stopped at about my height, which is, uh, I'm about six one. wasn't much taller than that. It started walking from the right in front of my, like the end of my bed. It crossed in front of the TV and it didn't fully block out the light, but it was enough that I knew the TV was still on type thing. Um, and, and I'm really trying to process this and it seemed like things started to slow down for me. <laughs> like I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Like it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. He had, uh, he had a hood on. There was no face from what I remember and I couldn't see hands. So it kind of gave me that feels like the grim Re- reaper cloak. Um, I didn't see, he wasn't carrying anything. And I say he is a general term. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was like, he walked from my right to my left, all the way around my bed. And as he is coming up the left side, I, I started to move for the light, like a bad dream and everything felt slow motion. And as soon as I flicked that light on, poof, he was gone. Everything was gone. <laughs> and, uh, and, and now I'm trying to process that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I thought, "Wow, what is going on?" So I pretty much slept with the light on that night, uh, and I went and talked to uh, the chief of the community, and he sent me to his wife. And this is why I call it, uh, you know, kind of the Grim Reaper death itself. Is uh, she said, "Well, that's actually death." I said, "What do you mean?" She goes, "Well, death comes in, in three for a reason." And because you did CPR on that guy, you were there when his soul left his body. So he was coming to look for uh, another person to take with him, is what she said to me. I thought, wow, crazy. Um, and she shared her own stories with me that I won't go into. So, <laughs> so anyways, I finished guiding up there, kind of a fall uh, season. And I headed back down to... Uh, the island and I was seeing this girl at the time and I said hey let's go camping and there's this great little spot off the highway uh it was a heck of a hike in like there's one point as you're coming down to a creek uh it's so steep you got to hang on to a rope and kind of traverse your way down and but once you're down there it's beautiful there's uh like a little tiny waterfall nice little river you know it's great kind of romantic so I go down there and I take her down there and the people that were there for the day kind of left. So we set up our tent and <laughs> made a little bit of dinner and uh, whatnot. And when we were there, I didn't say anything. I happened to look up and I saw that figure again. And I thought that there's another figure standing with him, uh, shorter, maybe a child. Uh, and of course, I'm not going to tell her because I don't want to freak her out. Uh, he didn't do anything to me before. So I figured out, okay. I'll just leave it. <laughs> so anyways, night kind of ends and we wrap things up and uh, we go lay down in the tent and it couldn't have been, I don't know, 15 minutes after that, that weird stuff started to happen. Uh, it started with uh, like, it sounded like some footsteps uh, and you know what? 
everybody always says they grew up in the bush, but I've been in the bush. So, you know, and I was grizzly bear guiding at the time. And so I wasn't overly afraid of whatever could have been out there, but, uh, you know, I kind of, I didn't know what to expect. So things started moving. So I was just laying there awake, listening to them. And, uh, the girl I was seeing, she goes, did you hear that? I said, yeah, don't worry about it. It's all good. Could be a bear, you know, whatever, probably just checking us out. We got all our food wrapped up and sealed in a container outside. Not the end of the world. And, uh, and then it's kind of, you, you, you can hear something's kind of making us way closer towards us. Um, and the water that we were beside wasn't overly loud. It was kind of like a soft, gentle trickle. And, uh, I could hear like when somebody throws a handful of sand in the water, it's different than a rock, you know? Um, and so I heard a couple splashes out there, not like something walking through it, but sounded like something was being thrown into the water. And I didn't really think about it at the time. And so I'm trying to process like what this could be without getting out looking. And, uh, without a doubt, something sniffed the corner of her tent. And like, I say the corner of her tent because that's where my head was. And I absolutely was something like giving us a couple sniffs. And she said, what was that? Did you hear that? I said, yeah, I don't know what that was. So now she's starting to panic. And I thought, oh, great. <laughs> I have this poor girl down here. And she's starting to panic. And I don't have, like, bear spray. And, you know, up here, we can't really carry guns everywhere we go. So don't really have any form of protection if it is a bear or whatever. So after that thing sniffs the tent, uh, like rocks being thrown in the water started to pick up big, like, like it was splashing without a doubt. And I, and now I'm kind of starting to panic thinking what's going on here. Like I have no idea what's going on. And she's petrified to the point she's uh, squeezing my arms. Like I can't move. I literally cannot move. And I had, you know, typical like horror story. Uh, you got one bar of, cell service so i tried calling out uh to a couple of my buddies nobody would pick up so i had to call the police and i said i think there's a bear near us in our tent i don't have any bear spray uh can you guys come scare it off for us and at this point i felt like i was being baited to go outside um and i really didn't want to do that for some reason my gut was telling me not to go outside the tent and not like a tent really protects you anyway <laughs> But uh, this girl wouldn't let me move anyway. And so for the next 45 minutes, uh, I listened to rocks being thrown in the water. Um, and I didn't really hear. I couldn't tell if something was still walking around. But if it was, it wasn't super close. It was a little ways into the bush. But every now and then, you know, I'd think, oh, something's over there. But the rocks were what was baffling because it was consistent, like one after another. And then, and then all of a sudden it just petered out and, and stopped. And then I saw flashlights of the police officers coming down. So I was like, oh, they're coming. So I poke my head out of the tent and I look around and it's pitch black, of course. And they're coming down. I said, you, Curtis? I said, yeah. So they came over and 
was like, so I got out right away and I went and looked around the tent, couldn't see any footprints, no tracks in the sand or like the kind of pea gravel. And uh, like, I'm baffled. I, I had no idea what was going on because I know for sure something was walking around our tent and something sniffed us. And so these guys are kind of looking at me and I was like, we'll just leave the stuff. I'll come back tomorrow or the next day and get it. So I hiked her out of there and talked to the police and thanked them for scaring the bear off. I didn't tell them what was actually going on because I'm sure they thought I was crazy already. And, uh, and, and after that, I haven't, I haven't seen it again. I haven't uh, had any experiences with that figure itself. So, and it was the same thing. I couldn't see a face when I saw him up on that kind of hill to my left there. Couldn't see a face, but you know, you could, it looked like a big hood. You could see broad shoulders. You know, when somebody sticks their hands in their kind of their sleeves of their coat, you know, can't, I couldn't see hands or anything like that, but like jet black. Uh, and, and, and uh, he looked wispy, like 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 smoke or like a spirit or something. Um, is the best I can explain it, I guess. And uh, yeah, I, I wanted to talk to you about it because the more I heard about um, like Sasquatches throwing rocks, I thought, holy shit! Like, could that have been something there throwing rocks as well? Um, and I was curious to hear what you would think of that, or if you got anything to say for that. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, what you what you what you saw, uh, it sounds like it definitely could have been a Sasquatch. I mean, how tall do you think this thing was? Well, what I saw for sure was I don't think it was. This was that hooded figure for sure, but it couldn't have been. Oh, much so you think? So you're thinking that what you experienced at the tent was the hooded figure. Yeah, yeah, because I saw him okay. before the whole night started, but then I thought with the rock, like, it had to be in rocks being thrown in the water. Um, but something sniffed us, too, and I thought, is there a correlation here to, you know, kind of like me seeing death itself and maybe he brought in, like, I've never had a Sasquatch encounter or experience myself. Um but I'm trying to justify why rocks were being thrown in the water. Nobody else was yeah. there because, uh, like, this was off the highway and this was in between um, two towns, like an hour outside town. So if anybody was there, their vehicle would be on the highway, uh, and for sure wasn't. Yeah, you know, and it's funny that this is the mindset that you have because you know I'm listening to you share your experience and. Uh, as soon as you mentioned about something sniffing the tent, I was like, okay, so we're going to be transitioning into a Bigfoot experience. Because I know at some point you and I were talking, and you mentioned something about Bigfoot, maybe it was in the email. And so my mind automatically went there. But I remember when I was reading your email, because uh, you had asked in the email what my thoughts were on that. And I was thinking, you know, people are very quick to associate uh, the rock throwing with Bigfoot. Well, what else has thumbs out in the woods if it's not a human? Well, no. it doesn't. It doesn't need to have thumbs. It could be, you know, a, a very paranormal type experience. I mean, we know that poltergeists throw things, you know, and we also know that uh, things can be haunted outside of a house, like haunted woods. You know, you, you just. Mm. 
it's very possible that this was a paranormal experience. Maybe it was the hooded experience or the hooded figure. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's hard to wrap your head around experiences like that. You know, I guess trying to look for answers why I thought maybe that could be a Bigfoot. Or, and I feel like that's in the area that they could be in, you know, old growth forests, you know, up in BC here. So, yeah. And I mean, certainly, I mean, there's been tons of Bigfoot experiences uh, in your area. I mean, yeah. uh, it definitely is, a, a you know, an area for Bigfoot. But the fact of the matter is you've been having uh, experiences that were more paranormal type experiences leading up to that. And then what you saw was the hooded figure, uh, which makes sense why you didn't find any tracks. You didn't find any footprints or anything like that. Right. You know, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a physical type experience, but more of a paranormal experience. All right. So uh, it's interesting that you um, bring this whole thing up with the uh, the shadow hooded figure thing in your room, uh, because I recently came across a about a 10 minute clip uh, of an old rapper from the group Mob Deep. Uh, his name's Prodigy. He's actually passed away now. Uh, and this actually was recorded shortly before he, he passed away. And he's talking to a therapist. I guess he's the therapist is a, a well-known therapist. I don't know who he is, but um, it's been documented on YouTube. And he's talking to this guy and he shares his experience with this um, dark shadow figure in his room that kind of set off some negative things in his life. Do you want to hear it? I have it right here. Yeah, yeah. All right, so it, it sets off some dark things into his life, and uh, let's take a listen to it. What's, what's, what's one episode that really triggered, you know, your destructive behavior when you had a loss of power? Any business deal, anything? Yeah, it was the main one. I was doing this business deal with somebody, and uh, they actually took, some of the footage, it was like we were shooting something. I had spent a lot of money on this, and they had like hijacked the footage and was demanding more money from me. I was fucking pissed. I threw the phone through the window and all that when I got off the phone to do it. And um, that night, when I laid down to go to sleep, um, you know, all the lights was off in my room, and I'm laying there, and I seen a black shadow walk across my room. <clears throat> and it looked like the only thing I could describe what it looked like, like the black Spider-Man. Now, you went on any drugs? Nah, nah. No. Nah, no, I, no, I just want to... Six straight. I'm like... I just want to deepen you into this healthy. is your life. Okay. Super healthy, clear-minded. Okay. I'm doing positive things. Yes. Like, I'm not... So I just laid there, and I put the sheet over my head, like, like a little kid, and just, like, forced myself to go to sleep. And I woke up the next morning. The pain woke me up. I haven't been sick in six years. Mm. And I was in so much pain, I didn't be carried to the hospital. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I knew what happened automatically. I already knew what it was. I already knew what that black shadow was. It's a story that's told about this black shadows that attach themselves to people here on the earth. And they feed off of negativity. They feed off of anger. I said, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Like, that shit is real. Mm -hmm. And it showed itself to me. I was allowed to see it. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? And and this was this was when I was about maybe twenty six. This happened. So yeah, that's a little bit of a taste of what his experience was, but uh, it definitely is similar in the sense that uh, when he ex- when he experienced this shadow figure, uh, he equated the negative things that followed that came from that shadow figure. Like that shadow figure brought that negativity right. with it and the pain that he was feeling physically, and uh, and so it's a little similar in the sense that you had the experience where. Uh, this thing seemed to follow you, but it, you didn't. It didn't bring right? pain, yeah. but maybe it was trying to. Yeah, bring it pain. made made me think that you know when I talked to the chief's wife there uh, on the reserve that I was on, uh, you know, he was looking for more people to take with him. Yeah, and so I mean, it. You never know. I mean, if that's the case, then uh, I just wonder why you didn't experience anything um, crazy. Or like, I mean, obviously you sit, you, what you saw was pretty crazy, but like you didn't, you didn't die. Did you no, get sick at all? No, Did you but, have any uh, bad luck or anything like that? Uh, you know, the guy that was just talking there, he, he equates that with, you know, feeds off anger and negative energy, you know, about that time, you know, every, every kid goes through their party phase and I'm probably still considered a kid the most. I'm 26 now. Um, I was pretty self-destructive, you know, drinking lots of alcohol, heavy party and not so much into like heavy drugs or anything, but I would just drink till I couldn't walk and, you know, black out. And I was just angry at the world for some reason. And that was about the same time frame. So, you know, maybe it just kind of attached itself to me because I was an easier target at the time. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, you know, targets that are easy are more susceptible to be, you know, pursued. So if you were making yourself an easy target, you know, maybe that was the situation. Um, you know, I'm not a counselor and I don't know. I just, I'm Tony that talks to people and hears their stories. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, it's very interesting nonetheless. And uh, I, I want to transition to this other experience you had when you were a kid. Um, you started telling me, and I think I kind of squashed it and I was like, let's just talk about it on the show. Um, I am interested because you're a kid and you're led off by another kid that you thought was a kid and you went missing for eight hours. Your mom called the police, man, what happened? Like, where were you? Had this person approach you? Where did you go? What happened? So I was, um, I was, in sense, like a, an only child. I had one brother that was 12 years older than me. Uh, my mom had him with a, uh, a different uh, dad, I guess. And we were, it was kind of, uh, I don't know how to explain the area. Um, just like houses kind of side by side and lots on a road. And uh, across the street was, there's some, I don't remember the, there ever being a hill there and I'll, I'll get to the hill part cause that's what really confuses me. Um, so if you're looking from my house and this kind of plays into the story later, if you're standing at the door, we kind of have our classic, uh, house with a garage and driveway leading down to the road and the roads running right to left type thing. And if you go, if it goes left, it kind of goes up the hill to like an, another main road. So it's almost like a, a trailer park kind of style, kind of loops off the road and goes back up. 
wall. You can see five, six houses down to the left, five, six houses down to the right, just from uh, the window uh, where the door was. And uh, so I, I was outside riding my bike, probably making a jump like most kids would. And, and like when I say young, like I think I was, I don't know, I want to say I was like six or seven. Um, young, maybe even five, six, seven, something like that. And if my mom ever hears this, you're not a bad mom. <laughs> I was playing, playing by myself outside and uh, on my bike. And I remember looking up the road and there was another kid looked like my same age. Uh, and he said, hey, kid, follow me. I looked up at him and I, I said, I think I said, okay. Um, but I went up to the road to go see him and he started kind of pedaling away. So I'm on my bike. So I started pedaling faster to catch up to him. And he said, follow me. Come on, come on. And it's like I lost like any common sense or anything. I mean, mind you, I was a kid and I just started following this kid. And, uh, you know, he had a bike helmet on. I feel like he had a green shirt. Uh, I remember curly hair. Uh, but this is what is burned into my memory is he turned around while he was paddling, like turned his head back to look at me. And he had a smile that went from like almost from ear to ear and just sinister and dark and I don't remember if I stopped right then or if I kept following and then I stopped but I remember stopping on the side of the road and he just kept going and I think he called out one more time he said come on let's go and I panicked I remember feeling like scared and I had no idea where I was no idea um, and I don't remember how long this took. Uh, I, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you how long it took. And so now I'm stopped there and there's, and it seems like another trailer park beside me, uh, just like rows of houses type thing alongside, a, another main type road. And, uh, I'm kind of at the entrance to this other trailer park. I get a call and, uh, I just remember I was crying. I got off my bike. Uh, I think I was shaking and I was just like bawling and uh, I think I stood there for a while and I didn't know where to go. I didn't even know if turning around and going back the same way I came. Like I didn't know where I was. I had no idea. So for some reason I picked uh, going into the trailer park off the main road, I guess. And I was walking my bike and I remember I was crying. Like, you know, and, uh, I remember seeing on the, on my left, there was houses on my right. There was nothing. There's like the other main road kind of petering away as I kept walking down. So the row of houses was on my left and uh, there was a door open, just a door wide open and didn't think anything of it. And as I was, I almost got parallel with it. And this guy walked straight out of the house. I said, Hey, young fella, you okay? And, probably nodded my head no and I was like I was crying I couldn't control myself um he said what's going on I said I'm lost 
and this guy had black hair. I think he had scruffs. His hair was probably ear length, a little longer. Um, tall. I don't know. Just to me, he was another guy. Uh, and yeah, he said, uh, do you know where you live? And I just pointed like back over there, I guess. I said, oh, well, well, do you need help getting home? And I pretty sure I just nodded and said, well, I'll help you. So I just remember walking down the road with him again. I can't remember how long it took, how long he was with me. And we came to this, uh, kind of street and there's a bunch of kids playing a bunch of them had bikes some of them might have had hockey sticks i can't remember but where they were playing uh the road kind of ended and then there was a hill and this is when i said i don't remember a hill anywhere near my house and it was fairly steep like steep enough that i couldn't push my bike up it and uh the guy calls over one of the kids he said we need a, uh, a hand. Can you push his bike up the hill for him? Kid said, okay. And he was probably a teenager. And the guy goes, yeah, no, it, everything's going to be okay. Uh, we'll get you home. So up this hill we go. I remember hiking up it. And I couldn't even give you a reference to how big it is because it, it took a few minutes to climb up it. But once we got up it, we were at, uh, I was probably eight houses down from my house. Like I just couldn't barely couldn't see my house. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is my road. And so the kid pushed my bike up the hill and the guy said, thanks, bud. like you can go or whatever he said to him. And so the kid went back down the hill and the guy walked me right up to the edge of my driveway. So this is my house. He said, you sure? I said, yeah. I said, thank you. I said, no, no worries. And, uh, I think I just, I can't remember if I pushed my bike up, but I pushed it up to the door and I looked back and he was standing there smiling. And so I went and walked into the house and I remember as soon as I opened the door, my mom came roaring up to me. She was bawling, freaking out. She said, where have you been? Where have you been? You've been gone for over eight hours. I have the police out looking for you. And uh, I had no idea it had been eight hours. She said, how did you get here? What happened? She, you know, Typical mother grilling you. And I said, that guy brought me back. She said, what guy? And uh, she looked out. She didn't see anything. I said, that guy just brought me here. And she ran down to the edge of the driveway. Nothing. Nobody was there. Um, and and the, the time frame from when I opened the door, he couldn't have ran. He couldn't have walked. Like, you'd still see him walking type thing. He just disappeared, I guess. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what came of, I was pretty young. I don't know what came of, of that after. And I haven't even talked to my mom about it. I've never told that story before. Uh, but uh, the thing that sticks out is that, that smile that literally goes from ear to ear. Uh, and that, that sinister look. That's what I really remember. Yeah, I mean, so what you just told me is everything that you remember. How old were you again? I was young. Had to be, you know, around six or seven, maybe. Okay. Five, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know I'm trying to remember back when it was when I was a kid, uh, five, six, seven years old. Uh, I I lived in a trailer park and I knew my neighborhood really well. I, I knew how to get home. Um, I knew where the hills were. I'm just trying to think back to when we first moved in. I was five years old and I was going outside playing and going all over the neighborhood at that age. Uh, so. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that you couldn't remember where you live and you couldn't find your way home. The fact that you were led away by this creepy kid. I mean, at first he wasn't creepy till that smile, but the situation where he's leading you away. Did you ever do you remember feeling uh like different when he was telling you to follow him because or was that something that was typical of you where a kid would say, "Hey, come here, let's do this." And you don't know him, but you go do it. Is that cuz some kids they're just going to, you know, follow whoever says whatever. Yeah, no, I don't like I I mean hard to say what you would have done in you know, hindsight 2020 but uh it like it's i i didn't it, it was like i didn't have i'm not i don't want to say didn't have control of myself but it didn't seem like like it was a bad idea and then it seemed like he was baiting me because i'm pretty sure i went up to go see him and then he started riding off slowly so i started following and like that's how he got me type thing yeah, I mean, he definitely baited you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, definitely baited you. Uh, and you're gone for eight hours. What you just told me sounds like maybe an hour, two hours max story where you're following a kid, you get lost, you're crying, walking down the road, an adult sees you, says, I'll help you, walk down the road a little more, see a hill, kid pushes your bike up the hill, boom, there's your house. I mean, an hour, two hours max is what it sounds like. You know, you're missing for eight hours. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on the idea that this kid that you were following led you into some kind of alternative, alternate d- dimension, alternate, la la, let me try to say that again, alternative <laughs> dimension. And you were in a parallel dimension of some kind where you were actually uh, similar very similar experience where, you know, you're recognizing the area, but it's just not quite the same. Uh, have you ever thought of things like that when it came to this experience? Because the kid that led you away probably wasn't a real kid as we know it, that, that yeah. smile kind of gives it away. So it's yeah. some kind of entity or, uh, something like that. And the fact that you were led up a hill to your house that you don't recall a hill being there is another thing that makes me feel like you were transitioned into some kind of parallel dimension or universe. And then also, I wanted to ask you, after all that, I want to ask you this, which is when you got home to your mom and everything is you know, seemingly A-OK, did that hill stay there? Yeah, I don't think that hill was... I don't think that hill was there, but... Like, I don't think it, it, it shouldn't have been there. <laughs> uh, you know, like you said, you know, you, you knew your trailer park pretty good because you're outside all the time. Um, and as was I, hence me being outside riding my bike at the time. Uh, but no, that hill wasn't there. And I'd, I'd never thought about it being an alternate reality or dimension because um, I've never told that story. Uh I've just always remembered it. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. That that would be weird because then maybe I'm still in that 
Right. And that's why I asked you if you remember that hill being there after you find your mom. Because oh, yeah. it was there? Yeah. No, I I don't I don't think it was. Okay. Um I don't know if I ever went back over there. We moved shortly after that. Oh, come on, kid. Go back over and check and see if the hill's there. <laughs> <laughs> come on, son. I should. Yeah, I should. Maybe I'll take a drive over there and I'll shoot you an email. Hey, you know what? Day. I highly encourage that because this is the curious case. The curious. I can't talk today. This is the curious <laughs> case of Curtis. So, uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, man. I, it, it's just interesting because um, I know that we have uh, people that are scientists saying now that we do dabble and play around in parallel universes. That is something that is becoming more and more realistic and factual in 2020 now that we're in. And so uh, the idea that if we're playing around in parallel universes and they're talking about it publicly, they were probably doing it long before that. So let's just say the last 30 to 50 years, they've had the ability to do it. And even then, the fact that they they had the ability to do it doesn't matter to the fact that what if the other side of the parallel universe has the same ability and maybe even before us and they pierce through to you. So I, oh. it, it, it's it's interesting. And, you know, maybe I'm talking to somebody who doesn't belong here. You're an alien. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're a freaking alien, man. So <laughs> But uh, it, it's very interesting, man. I, I, I just, uh, I think there's a lot of questions about your story uh, that, you know, it, that don't make sense. You know, the fact that you were missing eight hours, legit eight hours uh, is is weird. And, and you know, you, you said about having that kid lead you away. He looks back, smiles at you. And it wasn't quite ear to ear, but it was abnormally large. Uh, that is yeah. something that we hear on the show a lot. I mean, I, I can't, I think we've at least six, seven, eight times we've had somebody on the show sharing that they ha- they saw an entity and it smiled at them and it went from ear to ear. The first time it w- appeared yeah. on the show was the episode called Lost in the Smoky Mountains. It was a two hour show where uh, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, but I mean, he talked for the whole time. I, I didn't have to do anything for that show. It was great. I just, I just sat there and listened to the story. Uh, but at one point, he describes this entity and he was very hesitant to say it was a Bigfoot, but he's out in the woods lost and he has this entity and it smiles at him and the smile went from ear to ear and it, it scared him so bad that he actually started like kind of tearing up on the show. And we also had a, a couple of people say that they're in their house and they see a head up here and it smiles at them uh, with that creepy smile. Uh, we had an entity come out of the wall, kind of like up in the ceiling kind of thing. And it, it, it smiles at him. And it, it, that's when he was saying um, he was trying to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And this entity just said to him in that moment, it just said, say it like it was taunting him to say yeah uh, the review i remember that one yeah yeah so i mean this happens a lot and now you're just added to the list of people who have seen this entity that seems to have this abnormally large smile and it's creepy it's very creepy to think that something that isn't human is smiling at you and doesn't mean you know good things for you totally yeah i agree 
Well, you emailed me last night telling me to look outside. Bro, I was in bed sleeping already. So, <laughs> But what happened? <laughs> what was going on last so, night? Um, like, uh, I don't know, 30, 40, 50. It looked like stars moving in a line. Um, we we're outside having a fire and one of my friends looks up. She said, are those stars moving? And I look up and took me a while to like a couple seconds to focus and holy they are moving and it uh it it didn't look like satellites and they're moving slow that was the odd part and uh it started there's nine in a row like and i mean in like a perfect line and they're heading south from my direction like uh, and then they just kept coming it was like one would appear and then start moving in line with the rest and it went on for about 15 minutes um there had to be yeah 40 50 of them uh and then the last four um moved they're kind of offset but they're moving in the same trajectory as the other ones uh and no flashing lights no noise um no blinking lights like not airplane not helicopter like they were up in the sky uh so we kind of googled it and they're saying that uh it's uh elon musk in spacex he launched a bunch of yeah. satellites to get Wi-Fi out to other places. Yeah, and I, I, as you were saying that, that's what I was thinking because I remember hearing briefly, and I was just googling. Or nope, let me rewind and say I was just duck duck going because I don't Google anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I, I just looked up a, an article and it says that SpaceX launched its first batch of sixty Starlight or Starlink satellites to orbit in 2019. But this is a partially interesting addition to the Starlink as it, it blah, 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 blah. But yeah, so yeah. it looks like uh, 60 Starlink satellites. And I, I remember hearing that I think it's... Um, I think it's Amazon is launching their own satellites and these satellites are so small they'll be able to fit in the palm of your hand but they're going to be so powerful that they'll be able to bring Wi-Fi to pretty much every inch of the planet Earth and they're going to be launching that I think in 2020 or 2021. Wow. It it definitely looked abnormal. Uh that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I I get it, man. Um it's an interesting time we live in. There's there the technology that's out there now that we're you know operating with and using. It, it's it's exciting. It's also concerning. We don't know what you know is going to come from this. Uh, there's a lot of benefits that can come from this, and that that's you know what they're saying on the surface as to why they have all this stuff. But it does you make it does make you wonder what else could come from this that maybe isn't so beneficial that they're not telling us or maybe that they're not even foreseeing um it's just uh it's definitely a concerning time in my mind um i believe that uh we are going to start moving uh vulnerable security issues to space I think that with the idea of space or yeah, well, SpaceX, but also Space Force with the U.S. government, I think what we're going to start seeing is we're going to start building in outer space, kind of like the space station is, only we're going to take things that are vulnerable to hacking and we're going to move it yeah. to outer space. We're going to move it off planet. Uh, I think that we're going to even have um, cloud storages in in some kind of off-planet format um, because we have giant facilities that are collecting data right now in America on the citizens 
It's called, um, well, it was called the Patriot Act. It's something, it's something else now. It's been updated, but uh, they spy on us. And everything that we text, everything that we say over the phone, uh, even if our phones are um, not being used, it's still able to listen in. Uh, the government spies on us and they collect that data and they say that, you know, we can't, we're, we're not looking for at everybody individually. We're just collecting all data. And basically, if they ever need to, they have the data there to go sift through to figure out who was saying what, when. Um, that takes a lot of like physical space up. I mean, to be able to do that. And we have lots of different locations here in the country where uh, they are storing that data. Uh, I believe that they're going to start storing that in outer space, though. That's just my thoughts. That's, uh, yeah, it, you know, I tell a lot of my friends to, uh, in the nicest way possible, not to be naive with things because, you know, if it comes to topics like that or uh, paranormal or Sasquatch, you said, you know, uh, you, you never really know, you know. So have an open mind and, and maybe you'll see things coming before they happen that might help you out. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, uh, I, I know a lot of people look at my show and shows like mine and people like me or people like you. And they're like, these people are just freaking weirdos. They, they're, they're lunatics. They live in, you know, a, a weird, you know, universe where weird things happen. You know, it's like they, they're just, you know, they live in pretend land. Uh, we're not living in pretend land and we're live we're living in reality very much. So, um, people like me, especially, I don't know you, you know, other than this interview, uh, but people like me, uh, I unplugged from mainstream media. I've said it before and I'll always say it. I unplugged from mainstream media for a reason because I didn't want to be manipulated. And once I turned off the manipulation, I started seeing the world much differently. I took a red pill and I see things for what it is, not for what they tell me it is. I also look at things differently and I look for other viewpoints. So when they're saying something is going on, this is what it is. I'm like, okay, let me see. Let me uh, look at it a little differently and see if there's another vantage point to look at this. Uh, we, as a culture and society, we have been trained to not do that. And um, so when somebody like me or you step out and, and actually do such things, uh, we are the weird ones and we are uh, shouted down because what happens is if you come to somebody and tell them some enlightening information that makes them feel uncomfortable, they have been programmed to shout you down because by shouting you down, it makes them feel comfortable again. So they, the whole goal, the whole goal of the human existence is to feel comfortable in your immediate environment. And when somebody makes you feel uncomfortable and makes you feel like things aren't what they seem, their reaction, their programmed reaction is to collectively shout you down and make it try to make you feel stupid. And collectively, they all feel comfortable, comfortable again, because they all agree that what this person just said is not true. It's all manipulation. Oh, man, I talk to you for hours about this stuff. You know? <laughs> Love it. I, uh, I agree. I don't use social media. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah, the brain washing is the real thing. It's Let me totally. It. Why don't you just say that one more time? Because earlier you said you're 26 years old and you don't use social media. No, ladies not only. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an anomaly. <laughs> Maybe I am an alien. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You're you're not from this dimension. You're from the parallel dimension. We got to get you yeah. back because I want to find out how Tony is on the other side. <laughs> 
Careful what you ask for. Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, if you told me I had the opportunity to meet me from another parallel universe, I'd jump at that opportunity in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah, I uh, probably would. So fascinating. So, so fascinating. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, so I'll tell you what, it, it, it's an interesting world we live in, and we're living in very interesting times where science fiction is becoming reality. And that's anywhere from technology that they fantasized 50 years ago to the fact that there is um, other dimensions and universes that are paralleling us that we're able to access. I wish I you could... Know, Go ahead. You know, a great, a great show that I think, um, you know, is a possibility that's not far out of reach is called Altered Carbon on Netflix. Yeah. And it's where... They have stacks, right? And they essentially your conscious mind is in this, uh, I'll, I'll call it a microchip that goes into your neck and they call different body sleeves. So you could just pull that out and put it into something, somebody else or a different version of how you want to look. Uh, it's an interesting show for people who are kind of on that mindset as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's the whole transhumanism that we're shifting into as well. Um, you know, the direction that we're going uh, with the along with the technology that we're gaining, uh, our limit, li- our limits are limitless. And uh, we very well could in, you know, two, three hundred years. Uh, I hope it's that far away because I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to be affected by it. Uh, but I think that in two, three hundred years, we literally could be uh, cyborgs. We could be um, non uh, p- Pure, pure humans would be something of the history books. Uh, and I think that anytime something goes wrong with your body, it can be replaced. And um, I think the whole idea of transhumanism, uh, transferring consciousness into uh, a cloud for later times, I think is those are things that I think are around the corner, not you know tomorrow, but I do think that it's going to become possible one day. Yeah, I agree. And talking about that stuff, how about Neuralink? Elon Musk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Elon's you know? an interesting guy, isn't he? I mean, like, he does things that, like, all right, so he, he's given us Tesla, which there are so many people that are on either side of the fence with that. So they're either, I love Tesla, I love the idea of these cars, I think they're, they're badass, uh, or they're like, well, we paid for that, our tax dollars paid for it, and da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, you know, it's either you love them or you hate them. I'm very yeah. indifferent about them. Uh, I, I think that there are things that are pretty cool, like the car. I think the Tesla car is awesome. I wish I could have one. Um, and, uh, you know, then there's the weird things like the the Neuralink. And then there's the other thing where it's not very well publicized right now and may never be. But uh, he did have associations with Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein was very much interested in advancing, helping to advance technology. And he was very concerned with becoming somebody known, known as somebody that's a technology buff, even though he was stupid when it came to technology. By investing in it, he wanted to become somebody who was almost like a mogul. Uh, and Jeffrey Epstein 
looked into different types of technology when it came to AI, uh, having dolls that were artificial intelligence that he could get put into children's homes and basically spy on children. That's what it essentially was going to be. Now that we have hindsight 2020, you know, the whole thing blows up. We know what Jeffrey Epstein was all about. Officially, um, you can look back and kind of put puzzle pieces together. But Jeffrey Epstein was very much involved in technology. And uh, one of his associates, so somebody that he associated with at some points, not all the time, but was Elon Musk. And it's just like, there are just so many um, weird, different little things about Elon. I mean, he's on Joe Rogan's show. He smokes some weed, supposedly. I don't call that smoking weed, though. He didn't even inhale. He's like, I don't yeah. feel anything. Well, you didn't inhale, goofball. <laughs> but you got to actually suck that bad boy in and hold it. You know, <laughs> So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just like, when I saw that, I, I watched it live. And, I, and when I saw that, I was like, wait a second, did he not inhale that? He just puffed on it and blew it out. And then like 15 minutes later, he's like, didn't affect me. And I'm just like thinking to myself, Rogan's probably sitting there like, should I tell him or should I just let it go? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's talking about it. Nobody, I haven't seen anybody blast Elon Musk because he sat there supposedly to smoke weed and he couldn't even do that right. (laughs) And he actually lost investors and people in his company over it. I'm just like, dude, you know? I love when Joe's just like, yeah, so Elon, are you an alien or what? <laughs> <laughs> or when, uh, or when um, Alex Jones was on a show and he's like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! You gotta understand something. I'm a little retarded." <laughs> I, mean, I was dying. I was dying. And so, anyways, we're getting off track. I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I do appreciate talking to you, and um, you know, it's been a pleasure just chatting. Yeah, man. I uh, happy to come on and. I look forward to hear more uh, more of what you guys uh, come up with. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care how you share the show. Just share it because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. Now, I'm going to go and help my wife get in the truck because we got to go and get a baby delivered. Let's go. Until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye. Yes, the same kind of story seems to come down from long ago. Friends having coffee together When something flies by their window It might be out on that lawn Which is wide at least half of the playing field Because there's no explaining That your imagination can make you see and feel Somebody likes nothing Now it's not a meaningless question To ask if they've been and gone I remember a talk about North Carolina In a strange, strange pond You see the sides were like glass Thick of a forest without a road 
And if any man's hand ever made that land, then I think it would have sold. And that's why it seems like a dream. They got me hypnotized. That's right. Floating is nothing. Float around and got you hypnotized. 